Let's read the text this morning. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. I'd love for you to read along with us. It says, That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took Jesus along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with Jesus. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, he was in the back, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the word of God from Mark chapter four. This morning as we work our way through this text, I think the thing that, that God has been just laying on me that, that as a church, that as a people we would understand is that, that if anything this text tells us that, that we should be a people that trust Jesus. That this story is given to us in scripture so that we might be a people that trust Jesus. That we might trust Jesus. And so I wanna invite you this morning as we walk through this story to really look at Jesus, like to fix your eyes on him, to let your heart be captivated by who he is, by what he says, by what he does. I invite you this morning to fix your eyes on Jesus, the, the way that he reveals himself in this story. I was thinking about this weekend, Courtney and I got to go out on a date on Friday night and we were just sitting at the restaurant and kind of we were shopping afterwards and um, I count myself, I mean, I found myself just countless times just looking at her and just going, man, what an amazing woman God has given to me. Like this woman with this incredible heart and this incredible love for me, this incredible mom, this incredible woman of God. And I just found myself looking at her and, and thinking about her over and over again on Friday night. And I was reminded about so often, I think we read texts like this and, and we fail to fix our eyes on Jesus. Like we fail to behold him. We fail to think about who he is and what he's doing. And so this morning, I invite you, if you see nothing else, I invite you to see Jesus. Fix your eyes on him this morning. We're gonna work through this verse by verse, starting in verse 35. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. And so here's a picture of the day that Jesus and his disciples had had so far. And so we started Mark chapter four about a month ago. Dave and Aaron taught on it. And the last week we picked up in Mark chapter four again. And so here's what has been going on from the beginning of the day to the end. And so the beginning of the day, Jesus started by preaching this sermon on the beach as this huge crowd had gathered. Mark chapter four, Jesus is preaching on, on the beach. And I go, can you imagine how awesome that would be? Like, to have church on the beach, like to listen to Jesus preach, to be singing as the sun is rising, as the, the breeze from the ocean is like sweeping over your face, as you're listening to the waves roll in and crash wave after wave. I go, let's move our church to the beach. Anybody with me? Like, Pat's with me. Jesus preached to the crowds in the morning and at some point during that day, it tells us in Mark chapter four that Jesus got away from the crowds 
And he was with his disciples and just a few others. And we don't know what this looked like. Maybe he went into a house to, that was nearby to get some lunch. Or maybe he just went and found some shade like, to avoid some of the heat of the Middle Eastern sun, hot of the day. And it's in that place where Jesus continued to teach his disciples where he looked Peter and Andrew and James and John in the eyes and he started to explain the parables. And so the day that has unfolded was this long day of teaching of, of Jesus being on the beach with the crowds and finding himself in the living room with the disciples. And it's at the end of this long day of being with people and teaching that he says to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. I love the detail that he gives us in the second part of verse 36. It says, and there were also other boats with him. I invite you to tuck that little verse away. We're going to come back to it at the end, but it's just this incredibly important. There were also other boats with him. Let's keep going in verse 37. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. You know, very few of us, we relate to this specifically. Did you notice that the story takes place at night? says when evening came around. And so I want you to picture this. I want you to try to imagine this with me. It's, it's dark. And the disciples and Jesus are out on a boat. And this is before big spotlights were invented that would be hoisted up high that kind of cast light out on the sea so that you could see like a couple of miles ahead of you. It's pitch black. They're on the water. The only light they have is the light that the moon is casting down on the water. And it says that this furious squall, literally this storm, this hurricane, comes out of nowhere. And it's not that their boat was just rocking. It's like they, the boats back then were made of wood. They're about 26 feet long. It's not that the, the boat was just rocking. It says that the waves were literally crashing over the side of the boat and, and filling the boat. You know, very few of us know what this is like. I was talking to my buddy Cyrus, he goes to the cannery and his brother goes up to Alaska in the summers and goes um, catching king crab. And I go, unless you watch Deadliest Catch, you have like no idea what's going on in the story. And unless you spend your summers up in Alaska, you don't know the fear of what it's like to be in the middle of the storm in, the, in a boat, in the middle of the sea. As water is filling your boat faster than you're able to lap it out with your hands. And this is how the story keeps going. Verse 38, it says, and Jesus, I want you to notice this. Jesus was in the stern or Jesus was in the back of the boat sleeping on a cushion. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. I want us to notice the humanity of Jesus here. I want you to think about how just real Jesus is in this story. This huge storm is happening and it says that Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat, laying his head on a pillow. And I read this this week and I realized, like I've read this story before and I think I've always just kind of thought that Jesus was like pretend sleeping. That he was like, trying to teach the disciples like a lesson. And so he was like acting like he was asleep. You know, that thing you do when your roommate comes in or your wife or your kids come in on a Saturday morning and you're acting like you're asleep, like so they'll leave you alone. And, and I think that's always kind of what I've pictured happening in the story. But in reality, Jesus is sleeping. And the reason I think this is so beautiful, so awesome, is because he'd been preaching all day. And he was exhausted. And I'd say that every single one of us know what it's like to 
to have put in a hard day of work, a hard day of studying, a hard day of taking finals and just to be so exhausted that you crash at night. I love that we see the humanity of Jesus here. I remember a few months ago, it was like four or five months ago when Jones was three or four months old and I was in the kitchen, my normal routine, routine in the morning, getting up and I make coffee and, and I was sitting there making coffee and I thought to myself, man, I'm like really refreshed. And I realized, oh, I slept through the night last night. Like, oh, that was awesome. And the next thought was our kids must have slept through the night. Like that, you know, Jones is three or four months old. And I'm like, oh, that was great. Usually he wakes up a time or two, but last night he must've slept through the night. And it was about that time as I was making my coffee that Court walked in and I could tell that she was sleepy. And she said to me, Jones got up three times last night. And it was in that moment where I realized two things. I wasn't about to share with her that I just slept through the night. And, and I realized how tired I was, like that not even Jones like screaming and crying woke me up. And I was talking to Kayla this morning, the girl leading worship, and she, we were like kind of back in the back and kind of getting ready for worship and praying. And she said, literally like just slept through the night. My alarm went off for 40 minutes this morning and I just slept through it. And I'm going, we all know what it's like to be so exhausted. I go, but to think about the type of sleep that Jesus was in, He's in a boat that was rocking and water was spraying on him. You know he was exhausted. I want you to see the realness of Jesus, the humanity of Jesus. Verse 38, he keeps going. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion, and the disciples woke him. Just imagine them taking his shoulders, Jesus. And they said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And I think this is where the story meets most of us. And here's what I mean. Most of us can't and don't relate to the fear of being in a boat in a storm. But you do know what it's like when something comes into your life out of nowhere. Where you're just going about your everyday life. Going to class, working your job, you're just living life. And something just comes out of nowhere and absolutely scares you. Catches you so off guard. We don't know what, it, we know exactly what it's like to be surprised by life and to respond with fear. For some of you, it's when your mom got diagnosed with cancer and you were a sophomore at Belmont and you got that call that stage four cancer for some of you, this was a moment when you got your first apartment or your first house and it was a couple weeks later that you lost your first job. Came out of nowhere. For some of you, this was you lost a sibling. And I want us to keep going because I think the story keeps resonating in our hearts. It keeps inviting us in. It keeps showing us the realness of what was going on here in our lives, the relevancy it says that the disciples, they weren't just afraid of the storm. From the disciples' standpoint, it was like Jesus didn't even care. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like you were in a storm and God was sleeping? <laughs> you ever been, been through something that was so terrifying and from your standpoint, it was as if God did not care at all. 
You know, the reason that I think this story lit a fire in my heart this week is because I can so connect to this. As a human being, we know what it's like to be surprised by life. Have you ever had prayers that seem unanswered? Has there ever been a situation that just went unchanged? Have you ever felt like God was sleeping? Keep looking at Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Look what he does in verse 39. And Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. The next time that it rains, the next time that it storms, I invite you to do something a little silly, but I invite you to stand up and to look outside your window or if you're driving home from work and it's storming, I just invite you to put your hand up and just to tell it to be quiet and see what happens. You see, though we get this picture of the humanity of Jesus, the way that he is so like us, in the same story, we also get the, this glimpse of Jesus who is so much more powerful and so different than us. And so although he understands what it's like to be clothed in flesh, Jesus is different than us, more powerful than us. You know, I was thinking about in house church on Wednesday night, Courtney and I lead a house church with John and Megan and on Wednesday night, we were just kind of sitting around our living room and the, we were doing this thing in our house church where we're just letting people kind of share their stories, their, their journeys of life, their, the good things they've been through, the hard things, just kind of letting us in as a community in on their lives. And so this guy, our friend, was, was just kind of pouring his heart out and sharing some of the struggles and the things that have happened in his life that were good. And we're sitting in the circle and people are just locked in. And then my kids were in the middle of the circle, just screaming and throwing balls and laughing. And Finley's touching my nose and like crawling in our laps. And I can't even get my own kids to be quiet. Like my 20 pound kids that adore me and I can't get them to be quiet. And I love this picture that we get of Jesus as the wind and the waves are blowing. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, stands up and said, be still. And it stops. My sophomore year of college, I went with some buddies out to Center Hill Lake. You know you guys Center Hill Lake people? You guys like to go in the lake? Mike, two people, no, no, okay. And uh, I remember, this analogy is gonna be really good. And so two of you will understand it. Uh, I remember we were some of the first people out on the lake this um, particular day. And it was just this beautiful day, no cloud in the sky. And I remember putting the boat in the water. And the thing that stood out to me about this day was the stillness of the water. It was like glass, like no ripples. It was just smooth. There was nothing moving. And that's the picture that we get of what's going on in the story, that there's this huge storm. And the word in the Greek that says, as the waves were rolling by, it literally means that the, the waves were, were gripping the side of the boat and pulling the boat down from side to side, like the waves were, were ripping the boat down and filling it, and it was flooding the boat. It was this huge storm, like with thunder and lightning and rain. They were terrified. In one moment, Jesus Christ stands up and he speaks to the elements and the waters of chaos, the waters that had been gripping for their lives smooth as glass. Think about the power of Jesus. You know, the elements can be scary. 
Remember in elementary school, every time there was a threat of a tornado, they would make us all go into the hallways, go sit in the dirty bathrooms like I hated those days. It's like, remember a couple weeks ago, there was a tornado watch out where we live and we were just kind of sitting, eating supper and it was like sunny and we were like, there's not a tornado watch. And then like a minute later, our trees were like bending over and the sky was dark and court said, we need to go to the basement. And think about the way that tornadoes work. I remember talking to Dave who grew up in Charleston. He was telling me as a kid that when a hurricane would come to the coast of Charleston, literally they would make every single person in the city evacuate. And so both sides of the interstate, like one going in, one going out, would all be turned out so that people could leave as fast as they could. You think about the damages of tsunamis and it just kind of hit me that the elements are the one thing that as human beings we have not been able to control. And yet we get this glimpse of the unparalleled power of Jesus. We get this beautiful picture of his compassion in the midst of their confusion. I think this is so powerful, so beautiful. They come to Jesus and they wake him up and they say, don't you care about us? And what does Jesus do? What does he do? They they come to him and they're scared and they're confused and they go, God, don't you care about us? And what does he do? He stands up and and he overwhelms them with his compassion as he shows them that he does care. That he is most certainly concerned about his people. And it hit me that, that, that God does not always stop the storms in our lives. But he always shows us He always shows us that he is a God of compassion. That he is a God who cares. Let me tell you how I know that. I love it what Jesus asked him in verse 40. Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? And I was just picturing the absurd question that, that Jesus asked him. Like, could you imagine? Like, they have the most obvious answer, the, the way to reply to Jesus. What do you mean, why are we scared, Jesus? <laughs> we are afraid because we are in the middle of a boat on a huge storm. And you were sleeping. <laughs> Jesus, we left everything for you our jobs, our careers, we've left everything. We are in this boat because we are walking in obedience to you. And it seemed like you didn't care. What do you mean, why are we afraid? You just spoke to the wind and the waves and it was as if they listened to you. What do you mean, why are we afraid? I love the second question because though it's a powerful question, it's really a piercing question. Jesus asked them, do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? This is a question that hurt. Because it revealed that they didn't fully trust him. I could be reading way too much into this, but back in verse 35, A better way of translating what Jesus said to them is instead of let's go over to the other side, a better way of translating that is let us pass through. Let us go through to the other side. 
I want us to notice a couple of things here. Jesus had told them where they were going. That they were going to the other side. It was Jesus who was taking them there. I want you to notice that it was, it was Jesus' idea to get in the boat. It was Jesus' idea from venture to, to venture from one side to the other. It was all from Jesus. It started with Jesus and the disciples when the storm came. I think they were afraid that, that Jesus wouldn't be able to finish what Jesus started. They were afraid that Jesus was not able to take them where Jesus told them they were going. The other thing that I want us to notice in this story, it's, it's as if Jesus had this understanding. It's like he had this insight from the very beginning that the disciples were just completely unaware of. It's like they had this thought that it was all about arriving that the whole point of the trip was to get to the other side and Jesus understood that the going through was just as important as the going to. You see, Jesus from the onset had this understanding that, that, that getting there was just as important as being there. You know, one of the things that we learn all throughout scripture is that Jesus is most definitely concerned with saving us forever. You cannot read the Bible and have a question about that. He's concerned with saving us for himself forever. But one of the things that we also learn in scripture is that he is also incredibly interested in us trusting him in every step of the journey. You see, Jesus knows when we trust him, it has this way of stilling our fears, our worries, our stress. And Jesus is most certainly wanting to get them to the other side. He is most certainly wanting to get us there. But I wonder if when we look at our lives right now, as God is walking with us and delighting in us as his people, I wonder if he's more concerned with helping us trust him in the things that we're going through right now. Let's bring this down into our lives a little bit. You know, I think I'm safe. I think we're cool. We're all down with, with the good things that God has promised to us. Like we're all, we're all down. Like when the Bible talks about complete forgiveness of sin, are any of you guys not interested in that? Like I think we're all cool with this idea that though we have sinned, like God forgives us, we're all cool with that. Like we're all cool with what God has done with us there. Like we're all cool with this idea of, of living at peace with God. Like as we go to school, as we go home for the summers, as we work our jobs, like not living in fear that God is against us, but, but living in absolute trust and peace with the God of the heavens. Like we're cool with that. I think we're all down with this idea that, that, that we pray to this God that we can't see, the God who started all things and who will end all things, this God who, who delights in hearing from us and who actually answers us when we pray to him. Like we're all cool with that. And here's what I want us to see, that, that when we see Jesus for who he is, just like the disciples and all the things that they had seen up to this point in Mark chapter four, they'd seen him heal the sick. 
and drive down fevers and, 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 and cast out demons. They had seen his unmatchable compassion to people that over and over and over again, he looked people deep into the eyes and he cared about their souls and he cared about their hearts and he cared about them because they were human beings and the disciples as they saw Jesus. There was no part of them that was hesitant to get in the boat to walk with Jesus. When they saw Jesus for who he was, there was nothing inside of them. There was nothing about their lives that didn't want to be with God. And I realized what was happening in Mark chapter four that so often it's not the promises of Jesus and it's not even the person of Jesus that ruffle us along the way in life. No, it's the problems. It's the storms that come up. It's the things in life that come up that don't seem to make any sense, that make us question if he loves us, if he's concerned with us. It's the unforeseen storms that make us fearful. You know, if we're being honest, so often when we're facing storms, we, we ask God this question, God, don't you care about me? Don't you care that my mom died? Don't you care that my brother got diagnosed with cancer? Don't you care that I'm not going to be able to afford to go back to school in the fall? Don't you care that my mom left my dad? Don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care? Aren't you concerned? And all week as I was studying Mark chapter 4, it was like the Holy Spirit was speaking into my life. Brandon, in the storms of your life, Keep your eyes on the cross. In the storms of your life, keep your eyes on the cross. And it hit me, of course. <laughs> you see, when our lives are not shaped by the cross of Jesus Christ, when our minds are not fixed on the cross of Jesus Christ, when the cross of Jesus Christ is something that we just come and talk about for an hour on Sundays, when the storms come, we are not prepared for them. But when the, when the gospel, when the cross of Jesus Christ and what he did for sinners there is central to our lives, that's the place where the deepest way that we could ever ask this question is answered. So when we come to God in the storms of our life, we go, don't you care? He goes, look at the cross. When our mom gets sick and our kids run away from God and our kids die young, we go, don't you care? He goes, look at the cross. Look at the cross, Brandon. Look at the cross, Jordan. Look at the cross. Parker, look at the cross. You see, the cross is where Jesus faced the storm, the only storm that actually has the power to sink us. The cross is the place where, where, where Jesus showed us that he does care about us. 
The cross is a place where Jesus answered that question infinitely, eternally. Yes, I do care about you. I care about you, Joey. I care about you, Byron. I care about you, Greg. I care about you, Ryan. The cross is a place where he bore our sin. The sin that would forever separate us from God. Where he bore our sin on his body. The cross is a place where he paid the price. Where he let the storm of our sin sink him. So that you and I would not be destroyed. The cross is where he answers yes. The cross, you can read this in Matthew chapter 26, is where Jesus suffered, where he spoke to his father as he was dying on the cross. God, why, Father, why have you forsaken me? Because he knows what it's actually like to be alone in the storm. So that you and I would never have to face a storm alone. I love this quote from Tim Keller. If you guys don't read Tim Keller, listen to Tim Keller. Man, he is... Just this amazing author, amazing teacher, lives up in New York City. And he wrote this book called The King's Cross. And he had this line in there. And I love what he says. He said, if you understand that, that Jesus did not abandon you in the ultimate storm, what makes you think that he would abandon you in the much smaller storms you're experiencing right now? So as the storms come our way, And it doesn't always have to be like these life-threatening storms. But I go, man, what are the things in your life that, that are making you to be fearful? Last month, our heating and air conditioning unit started to like, mess up. And we called this guy to come look at it. And he said, yeah, this thing is basically on its last leg. And we're like, well, crap, how much is that going to cost us? He said, well, when you replace it, it's going to be so much. And we're just looking at each other and we're going, we don't have that. Okay. And I'm sitting there in my house just going, full of fear. How are we going to pay for this? And it's not a storm, but I go, so often it's not the storms that make us question, that make us take our eyes off of Jesus, that go, God, do you care about us? It's the small things. As the storms come, as sickness comes, as death comes, he doesn't promise us that storms aren't coming. He promises that he'll be with us in the storms. As these come, what's our posture? As the things come our way, Jesus, I trust you in this storm. Jesus, I know that you're in control of everything. And yet things are happening in my life that are out of control, but I know you. I trust you. I know what you went through on the cross to win me. And I know that you're not going to let this thing take me. I was reminded of what Jesus said in John chapter 10 this week. He says, my people, they listen to my voice. My people know me and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. I love what Jesus says, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who is greater than all has given them to me and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. John 10, verse 27.
I love the way this story ends in verse 41. It says, and they were terrified. And they ask each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And I realize that this is a question that we're still asking today. That we come here this morning and we go, who is this Jesus? Who is Jesus? Here in just a minute, we're going to take communion, and we do this every week as a way to remember Jesus, who he is, and what he has done for us on the cross. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you, as we take communion, as we sing a few more songs here at the end, as you go about your week, I want you to to ask yourself that question. Who is Jesus? And I want you to, to let this story keep washing over you. Keep thinking about this story. I invite you to read this story this week, to think about this story this week, to, to, to look at this story and go, who is Jesus to me? I invite you to wrestle with that question. Who is Jesus? I invite you to, whatever you discover, like, as we come back and gather next week, have the courage to, to share, somebody, to share with someone. Or call whoever, whoever it is that you came with this morning and go, hey, will you sit me down and take me to coffee? I've been thinking about this text. I've been thinking about who Jesus is and I want to ask you some questions. I just invite you. Open your mind, open your heart to really wrestle with this question. For those of you who are followers of Jesus, I love the detail. I told you that we're going to come back to in verse 36. I love that there were other boats with Jesus. The reason I love this is because it wasn't just the disciples' boat that went through this storm. And I was reminded that, that only in community, only in community, do we realize that we're not the only ones that are going through storms. I invite you as we take communion this morning to, to share whoever it is that you came with. I invite you to let people into your life. I invite you, I'm going to give us two questions here in just a minute, and I invite you to answer honestly and to share and to pray for each other. And so here's the first question that I want to invite you to think about as we take communion this morning. What are the storms that you're facing right now? Or if you're not facing any storms, what is causing you to be fearful? What are the storms that you're facing? Are there things that are causing you to be fearful? And I invite you to, to look to the, the person beside you in the eyes and to share with them. You know, you were never meant to, to go through the storms by yourself. You were never meant to shoulder the burden by yourself. And there's something so powerful happens when you let other people into your life. I remember my sophomore year of college when my parents had just decided they were getting divorced. And I remember the, the telling this, I was a part of this kind of freshman orientation team the school I went to. And I remember coming in and I remember just sitting on the couch in our dean's office. And I remember just telling our, our whole team and I just sat there and I cried and I cried as I cried as my heart was hurting and my friends stopped what they were doing. I remember like Aaron was there and Courtney was there and several other. I remember coming and just laying their hands on me and getting on their knees and just praying. I woke up the next morning and underneath my dorm room there was this envelope of, of passages, of scripture, of songs of sayings from old church fathers. And I have no idea to this day who wrote them, but I keep them in my backpack and over and over again, I just pull those things out and I just read them. And I was reminded of the day that I let other people in on the storm in my life. 
I invite you to let people in. What are the storms you're facing? What is making you fearful? And the second question I want to invite you to think about is how have you seen Jesus to be trustworthy in the storms that you've already gone through? So think back on some of the hard times in your life and I want you to think about the rock that Jesus Christ has been for you. I think it's gonna set us up nicely to worship, to tune our hearts to him. I love you guys. Let's pray.